On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Mensel, a.k.a. Menas. And joining me today, I have a special, I have two special guests from the Sydney Sixers. I have Lauren Cheadle, left arm quick bowl. How are you, Lauren? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And uh, we have Aussie star, Sixers star, Stephen O'Keefe, left arm orthodox. How are you, Stephen? Very good, mate. That's a strong start. Very strong the start. The menace. Menace. Menace, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. I'm not, I, I have been called a menace. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's introduce, uh, we're in Sixers HQ, listeners. This is a special Sixers podcast. We're going to cover all the issues bubbling around. Now, Lauren has played two one-day internationals for Australia, seven T20 internationals, only 19, but you have almost 12,000 Instagram followers. How did, how did you get so many? Oh, I didn't know I had that many, actually. Um, but I think... That is a lot. That is a lie. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely knew that. Um, no, um, I think I got most of them after the World Cup tour to India. Um, we had a lot of followers over there, so I think I took them back this way. Nice. You must be the envy of many of your friends. I know my daughter. It's a competition between how many Insta followers they can have. Yeah, well, look. <laughs> do, you, do you like the spotlight being on you, though? I wouldn't say I have a spotlight on me, but I definitely enjoy sharing what I'm passionate about and what I like doing, and I think social media is a really good way to share that. Yeah, excellent. Well, 12,000 followers, it's pretty good. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe has played nine tests for Australia, 35 wickets at 29, has a first-class record anyone would want, 265 wickets at under 25, 70 internationals for Australia. And Stephen, what stood out for me is I came to a, a Sixers day here and it was a fan day and I brought my daughter along and there was there was a lot of Sixers players engaging with the kids. But I noticed you had a real high level engagement with my daughter. You were really focused on her when it was her time for you to sign something. And it stood out for me amongst the crowd of someone that, I don't know, really just knows kids or is happy to sort of talk to kids. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I... Um I guess it's probably for mine. It's the most enjoyable part of playing cricket. I think you get a lot of stress and anxiety that may come with cricket, but when you get to go out there and play with young kids who love the game, it, it brings your memories, memories and mind back to a time when you first started playing and you loved it. And I still remember getting my first football signed by a Penrith Panthers fan. So I, I understand how it, it may not seem like a much for the player to do it, but on the receiving end, being that kid, I, you know, I can quickly have a bit of nostalgia and go back to when I was that kid in the same position. So I try to get as much out of it as possible. I know the kids do. They love it. They engage. They enjoy it. But I reckon the players, if they put time into it, get more out of it. Yeah, I mean, that day, you know, some players looking around, you know, not really into it, but did make a big difference. I know my daughter came away a big Sixers fan after that, so thank you. So let's start with a bit of Sixers trivia. Oh, God. oh no. <laughs> so the Sixers won the first ever BBL match against the 
Brisbane Heat winning by seven wickets. And then they went on to win the inaugural BBL title in 2012, beating the Scorchers in the final. Then the, then the Sixers went on to win the now defunct Champions League. Socky, you opened the bowling in that game, one for 11. Tournament's gone, but what a glorious start for the Sixers. Win the title, then go overseas and win the Champions League. The attack in that game was Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood. So all gone on to do pretty good things. Yeah, I'm the old one out there, I think, aren't I? <laughs> I, uh, I? I remember it was the best couple of weeks. I remember Pete Neville played one game, I think, and he still thinks it's the best tour he's ever been on. Uh, South Africa's a beautiful place. Um, yeah, didn't do much early on in the tournament. And then um, Hads, you know, being as cagey as he was. One, one actual interesting point with that, Trevor Bayless was our coach during the start TV, of that yep. season for the Sixers, and we won the first big bash at home. Uh, and then he went to coach Kolkata in the Champions League or whatever it was back at the time. But apparently he was still coaching us. So he was coaching a team that was in the tournament with us. So he was ordering <laughs> in all these changes. And I think after three games I'd been in the team, we'd had Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Henriques, Watson... Uh, Nathan McCullum, you know, we had more. It's an amazing lineup when I looked at the scorecard. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was probably still the best T20 team I've ever played in. But then he yeah he said, well that O'Keefe hasn't done much. Let's get him to uh, do something. So in the semis and the finals, yeah, I either opened the batting or opened the bowling. So I felt like I contributed. Um, yeah, it's been downhill since then, to be honest. I mean, uh, I've been so far away from the top of the order and. Opening the bowling, geez. Yeah, I'm lucky to get two or three games in a row at the moment. Yeah, and the tournament's gone now, so... Yeah, that's a, that's a cash killer for everyone. Right? Yeah. We're all rolling around in bloody Bentleys at the end of that and Rolls uh, Royces and Rolex watches. I thought it was fun too, that tournament. I know it's hard now with all the players sort of playing for the similar club, so it would be harder now, but I thought it had legs. Oh, I think, yeah. I think what had happened was, I think Indians had put it on for a couple of years, sort of assuming that they were going to win. They stacked the tournament <laughs> and with India, and they didn't win it. They ended up playing in South Africa, which suited us. But So the Sixers is a club steeped in glory. No Melbourne team has ever won the Big Bash. So, Lauren, I think you need to have a chat with Elise Perry about her impending move to Victoria and try and talk her out of this one if she ever wants to win anything. I know. Well, I know Pez is staying for a couple more years, but... Um yeah, big loss to lose her, but hopefully they don't win and um, we keep winning. <laughs> yeah, now, now I want to turn my attention to the Sixers' biggest rival, the Sydney Thunder. Now, the Thunder won the first ever WBBL title and then the Sixers have won the last two WBBL titles. Now, Lauren, I noted that you played for the Thunder in that original final. Why? Well, how was it winning the WBBL uh, it was really surreal. It was an incredible experience. We played the final at the MCG, I think, before the men. Mm. Um, and the men actually won the game after us as well. So Thunder had the double in that first year of the Women's Big Bash, which was an incredible feeling. And it was also new to us, so we didn't really know what to expect. So um, we were kind of riding on that high for um, the whole season, really. And, you know, we had some games on TV the first time ever, which was absolutely incredible. And yeah, it was a, a Sydney um, smash in the final, which is also really good to see for Cricket New South Wales. And um, the Sixers have obviously carried that on for the next two years. So Cricket New South Wales is obviously doing something right. Uh, just on that day, it, that was historic in that the Thunder won both the BBL and the WBBL and were there together. That'll never happen again, the way the, the structure yeah, now. The finals format. aren't going to be on the same day. So that will be a little piece of history. So did you see something in the – you know, did you see that – you wanted to play for the Sixers. Is that why you changed? You could... uh, no, I didn't play that season thinking I wanted to change. Um, no, 
But <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, Did no, you see I was the a, light. The no, I was, um, I was you actually hate the West. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing against the Thunder. Um, but no, I was approached by Ben, who's actually my bowling coach, and it seemed like a really sensible move so ben, for me. Ben Sawyer, Sawyer who's the WBBL Sixers. coach. Yeah, yep. yeah. So he's also Sixers. the Breakers bowling coach. So it actually just worked out really well from my personal skills point of view, and um, it all worked out in the end. So really glad I made the move over. This will make you even happier. In the men's side of things, the B- uh, the Thunder are the fourth worst T20 club in the world via win percentage. You need to keep that one for training, Socky. Oh, so yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they uh, as you said, that was a historic moment for both the men and women's team. But <laughs> Has it been much it, before or since? It, 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 it won't happen ever again. They come from fourth. They barely snuck into the finals. This is the men's team. The women's team's far more talented than the men's. You know, And you say it's the biggest rivalry. I feel like they're like a little brother you know i sort of i feel sorry for him a little bit you know maybe a bit disowned by the family <laughs> as in cricket new south wales and we're just happy to see him have the occasional win maybe play in a final series but with no they're not really that much of a threat to be honest no no yeah. and and i think they do have a bit of a chip on their shoulder as oh, well yeah you know, they're just sort of a bit stroppy yeah um i have had a love-hate relationship with the thunder like, who do you support so this is a pretty simple question. Carefully, a Sixers fan. <laughs> okay, there we go. Unequivocally, but I've struggled with like trying to be more neutral, so this podcast doesn't become too <laughs> Sixers heavy. All right, well, yeah. we don't need talk on here again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but then well. the Thunder, like, just rub. I don't know. I just whenever I go and watch them play, I want them to lose. So there's like, something really? inside of me that doesn't like the Thunder. Well, um, you'd be pretty satisfied then most times watching them play. I am generally. really satisfied. Yeah. Thunderbolt Gurinder Sand is the one of the only players on the banned list from this podcast. There's a few people that go on a list where they they're not allowed on the show. You're gonna have oh, to really? why? Well, he just didn't turn up for a show one day, and you know never never was able to do it again. So I just straight on the banned list. Great, yeah. No well, surprises from the Thunder side no, of things. Yeah, that's it. Let's let's make this a Sixers heavy one. We can call. We, can, we should rename this. Re-ba- I re-branded. mean, look at all these pictures. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> that's just for us. <laughs> this is actually the home of the Sixers podcast. I might just take it over. The Thunder do have Joe Root and Joss Butler coming up for the first half of this summer. I guess for both of you, what's it like when the superstars come in into the squad? Obviously, what's it like? Tell me. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, well, I, I mean, I've I've never... I know Joss Butler, the boys raved about him at the Thunder, um, the way he was off the field and on the field, and I've never met Joe Root, but huge fans of both of them, the way they go about their cricket. I was a big fan of the Thunder side, Joe Root. I mean, he's just a nicker and nudger, isn't he? Doesn't hit boundaries. I'd be pretty comfortable bowling against him than, say, uh, an Andre Russell will hit me 35. Yeah, 49 out back. of 40 balls kind of player. Yeah, that's right. Rather than having to tell my mum who lives out west to shut the windows when Andre's batting and I'm bowling because there could be some serious damage. <laughs> but how is it the egos kind of bubbling around for you guys when they come in from overseas? I know, like, some overseas stars aren't seen at training much what about you guys yeah i think we're really lucky um in our sixes environment we've got three very special internationals um, so dane so dane cappy and just got Maka. married those two yeah how incredible um great stuff wasn't didn't get an invite a bit upset um no i've just been there for one season you can tell that they're really enthusiastic about this program and and the sixes itself so i don't think we have those egos in the female program not sure about the men yeah i think we're really lucky that we have those three on board i think one of the things that the sixes has prided themselves on in the past is we we generally pick players who are a good fit in regards to that we don't necessarily want to go out and hunt 
the best players if we feel like they're not going to have a good team culture or focus. And I think one of the reasons why we've had success in or won a lot of games, you know, we've only won the one title, but a couple of finals, is that we do pick people based on what they're going to bring to the team. And Michael Lum, there's a photo of Michael Lum up there behind you, is a classic example of that. You know, he's a, he's a world-class player in his own right, but we kept him for seven years. We've got him on as a manager now, just for the simple fact that he's just such a bloody good bloke. So we're mindful of that every time we pick it. I think we did the same last year, and from what I'm hearing this year, it'd be very, very similar. Yeah, it's like a no um, idiot policy. Yeah, 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 that's one way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How fun is it for both of you playing T20 cricket? I mean, we love it as viewers. It's exciting. But, you know, I remember when I used to play, you want to bowl for as long as you can, and four overs, you'd be like, oh, give me, I want another over. Or, yeah. you know, you want to bat for as long as you can. But in T20 cricket, it's so short. How do you enjoy that, Lauren? Oh, I absolutely love it. It's probably my favourite part of the season. And as you said, it's just over so quick, and it's really enjoyable, and it's fast, and it's fun. And you get good crowds there, and the kids absolutely love it. They hang around for it, which is really exciting. And, yeah, it's just a really fun game to play. What about you? Oh, yeah. Look, it's the shot in the arm that cricket needed, really. You know, I, I'm so you a. You could be a. You're a born podcaster <laughs> with yeah. like that. Yeah, shot in the arm. I'm stealing that off someone far more intelligent than me. Doesn't matter. Um, Everything's borrowed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I remember playing. I'd played five years for New South Wales Shield cricket. I was taking threefers and scoring thirty not outs, just thinking I was a king. And I played one game for the Sixers wore a magenta shirt around and, you know, I'd been walking around this precinct at New South Wales Creek for a long time thinking I was amazing. No one no, noticing me. No, yeah. Yeah. I, as soon as I put a jersey on, I got, hey, Steve, can you autograph that? And the kid looked down and he unfortunately thought I was Steve Smith, but that was still the first time that I'd ever <laughs> got to sign anything. Um, and it was all because of this brand new T20 format, which came in. No one knew what to expect. Uh, and all of a sudden, as a domestic player, you're playing in front of... 30,000 people, uh, you're wearing these colourful clothes, kids are finally turning up, ladies are finally turning up, people my own age are finally turning up, so you know, it's been great and it's just getting better and better and um, I'm excited, as Lauren is, to see what this next, um, you know, next big bash instalment has, of course the women will be on their own, they'll have their own product, yeah. is that this season? Next year, but our first half, I don't think, don't think you start till end of December, do you? December, yeah, Yeah, so right. we start 1st of December, so we'll have that first first month uh, on our own which is really exciting hoping to get um, some big crowds and we've got some good time on air so that'll be just a sneak peek of next year where we have a full-on standalone um, which will be really exciting and uh, yeah I think it's going to take off really well. I can't wait for the standalone tournaments because I love watching the WBBL but it's just super saturation point in summer. There's only so much cricket you can... Well, there's only so many hours in the day that allow <laughs> you to... I never get sick of cricket, but at some point you've got to talk to your family. So uh, when they're spread out, it'll be like a four or five months of just constant mm. 2020 yeah. big batch cricket. Yeah, so I think, yeah, we take the months August to January or something like that, which is absolutely ridiculous and really awesome. So, yeah, we'll be prime time and, and hopefully a lot more viewers watching. Can't wait. What about the extended season for the, the men this year? Home and away season that now mirrors the WBBL. So I guess you have an insight into how many more games that is, but it's going to be a big upswing for the, the men's players. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it personally. You know, when it first started, it was, what, six games, seven games? Eight Move, games, yeah. Eight games, yeah. Okay, and then it moved to close. ten. I yeah, it was close. Was, no, 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 no. I think it was six right in the beginning. Yeah, then, right, yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, it's moved to 14. And then you've got what you've got your semi and your final yeah. after that. So yeah. potentially 16 games. 
Not for the Thunder. Not 14 for the Thunder. 14 for the Thunder, yeah. Hard well, to put that in there. It's only 12 for us. We play them twice, so we've got 12 plus two buys. That's what we call <laughs> the, the Thunder games. Um, but, yeah, no, look, at uh, 14 games. It's going to be a bit different. It's going to be test the depth of a lot of squads. So I think in the past, you know, you could sort of get through with the players. Now, when you look at a sheet of your 18 players, you're expecting all of them going to play. You used to be able to pick one or two kids in that lineup, but you think, oh, they're going to be a development player. Just get them along to have a look. Mickey Edwards. Mickey Edwards, yeah. There's a, to name a, name a couple that might be coming in. You know, we've signed Jack Edwards, I think. I don't know whether that's public, but there yeah, it is yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's out. So he's a, now. He's a sixer. And, you know, you used to be in the past maybe able to pick two or three. Now, you, you've got to expect all those players to play and not only play, but just be able to slot straight in. So it's going to change the 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 way teams play. And I think you'll, you'll find at the end of 14, as they do in the women's, that the, the cream will rise to the top. The best teams will finish at the top. And I think the teams that do finish at the top deserve to go straight to the final. If you finish first in the 14-game competition and you've dominated the rest, I think you deserve to go straight through. I don't know how you work that out. but Yeah, second and third playoff, or they do in the... One and two playoff. Yeah. And then the winner... Go straight goes through, straight. and then the other one gets another shot at three and four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, that, that, there you go. That's, that's, that's how the That's like the IPL, yeah. Yeah, is the it? IPL is okay. like that. But I think, as you were saying, it's the most consistent team will go through, and that's with the most consistent lineup. So you've got to look at your team, as Sock was saying, the best 18 or however many you guys have. But yeah. we have best 15, and everyone's going to play because mm. it's a long season. I think physically it must be a lot more taxing, a lot more travelling, a lot more games in a shorter period. So it'll really... Um, Tax the the physical side of the game. Well, they've they're talking about getting um, uh, cameras in the change room, so <laughs> the boys are working on their best dad bods at the moment. Um, yeah, seeing if they can rest a can of coke anyway, collar on their who, belly. Who spends the most time in front of the mirror in the team? Oh, jeez, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Cummins, Pat, Paddy Cummins. Yeah, it takes him a long time to blow dry that hair. I can tell you, <laughs> and uh, I think he's got a monobrow as well that a lot of people don't know. So plucking yeah. that thing is takes a bit of time. Most of the guys think when you go behind there that you're taping up and strapping and getting he's needles and eyebrows. taking your Panadol. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting threading on his eyebrows. and um, That might be something for the Aussie cricket team to take on to a beautician. Oh, because you need another staff member, do you? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you, hang on. This is all coming from the same place. How many staff members do you have when you go away? No idea. No, no idea. Okay. Not right. as many as the man I No. Oh, there is way too many staff members, I agree. All right, so now we come to the part of the podcast where I have some crazy ideas about the Big Bash. Now, my first crazy idea is I think there needs to be a generic ball, just some ball that they can use, the same type of ball the whole time, and if the ball gets hit for six and disappears, just pluck a new ball out of their pocket and keep going so you don't have all that time waiting for the ball to come back. Or as well, you know, people could potentially keep the ball if um, they, you know, they catch a six. It could be a promotion. As both bowlers, do, do you think it would matter if there was a generic ball? I guess you'd want it like five or six overs old and just produce them at that state. Yeah. A bit less oh. lacquer. Yeah, I don't know. I think... It's like baseball. Keep, that's such a thrill. Yeah. I catch think... a home run, run off with the ball. Yeah, it's a bit different in baseball though because I think... A new ball in T20 cricket is different to a 20-over ball in T20 cricket. Like We know in the women's game it's a lot harder to hit a softer ball, bowling slower balls, um, rather than a, um, a new ball with mm. a quick wicket. So I'm not sure how that would work. But So you'd have a, a be new... Be good for the batsman. It'd be great for the batsman, I think. But it depends on like when you lose... Like if you lose the ball in the 18th over and you bring a new ball out, it's a bit... I would think, though, it would be more that the umpires, if they saw that the ball was aged, they'd swap it, even if it's not missing. Like in a baseball, they say, oh, this is scuffed up now, we'll switch it. So you'd have a new ball for 20 overs? 
You just just yeah. always have the same type of ball. Yeah, right. yeah I, I like the idea of keeping the ball. Absolutely. If you catch it in the, I think if you catch it or you get your hands on it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, what a bigger thrill as a fan. Let's let's face the T Twenty is is about the batters and it's about getting the ball over the fence. It's hitting sixes and it's about the fans. Now, if you in a fan, you know, thirty thousand people, you can go. Oh, I caught that ball in row. 28Z, you know, it was Steve O'Keefe bowling to Joss Butler and you go home and you get that ball and you're like, that was... Joe you know, Reid bowling Joe, to Stephen O'Keefe. Uh, yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be trickled along the fence, hit the rope and maybe bounce into the crowd. <laughs> Might be the only way. But I like it. you just got to get that ball. As Lauren said, you've got to get that ball right. Maybe not for the... If it's the first six, you run out an automatic new ball maybe. And then after that, you've got a ball that maybe looks a bit different from 10 to 20 and they've just got a stash of them. I like the idea of it. How you fit that in with time constraints, I don't know. But the idea sits well with me as a player. I really couldn't care what you gave me to bowl with. So Great attitude. Yeah. What about uh, having like a 12th player that is a super sub? So they've talked about this, having you know a player that, 12th player that could battle bowl and then you could sub them out for the either innings. So you could have an extra bowler or an extra batsman. You go. Well, <laughs> Back in the days of the early ING Matador Cup one day stuff, we used to have it super mm, sub. Wow. So when I first got into the team, I was a super sub. I was a so super, you like the idea? I was, I was a super sub bencher. Yeah, I just sat on the bench. I was, I was never used. I think I bowled one over against South Australia. The idea, I think, again, sits well. I mean, if you're batting for you know batting first or second, you can bring them in at the back end. It gives you more options. You know, but I, I, I didn't have a lot of success in regards. It wasn't used very much. You wanted to use guys who were in the game and going, uh, and it was quite hard to swap people. They also had a change of innings was an idea that we had in one-day cricket. So you used to bat 25 overs, 25 overs, 25, 25. That was terrible. That was Ian Chappell's idea. Maybe. Was it? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it didn't sort of work. I mean, there's a point of which you go, right, is is the product we've got good enough? I think tick. You know, do we really need to tamper with it too much? No, maybe things with the ball and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like in such a short format, it probably won't be as effective. I think you want your best 11 out on the field. And if someone else is in a position where they can play, they should probably be in that eleven. Yeah, I don't I'm like, not sure. I don't like it because it's confusing. I think it is if you're a spectator, that would confuse you. Yeah, I just I don't sub. see who you're pulling off to yeah, be, like to, to put them out. back on. Well, I, one thing that I like, you know, I'm thinking baseball here, and suddenly just popped in my head. Like, imagine if you had you had your well, the pinch hitter. That's so I'm starting to get an idea around it. So you pinch hitter, you come in late, and that's your job. And then you maybe even have a specialist fielder who's your twelfth man. So your big, lanky, tall, fast opening bowler who can't spell field. You know, he bowls his yeah, bowls three out front, four, three out front, up. and then once he's off, he's off. And then you, you know, let's say Jordan Silks, your twelfth man or your specialist he's fielder because he's just missed out. And then you bring on someone like him who's electric, and you get him involved. I think that shows then you know you're going to get more special catches. You're going to get someone mm. who's dynamic around the field and. Uh, I think on the website, cricket.com, they labelled their first five fielders. You know, fielding now is more important than it's ever. It's always been important, but now it's probably amplified more. So why not get someone like that into the game? Yeah, good. It's like you're very um, forward-thinking. What about Christmas Day cricket? Now, I have a really boring Christmas Day, so I would love it, but then I wouldn't have to play. Now, we're getting closer. We've got Christmas Eve cricket. We've got Boxing Day. What do you think? If If the Sixers and the Thunder were... Slated for a WBBL BBL double next season on Christmas Day, would you be happy? Yeah, look, I don't think it's that far away, and I don't know. I have a bit of mixed feelings about this one. I love spending Christmas at home with my family, but then again, we get to play this amazing game as a job, and I don't see anything better than you know putting out a spectacle that people are going to watch on Christmas Day. And I suppose it doesn't take up the whole day, so you can play in the morning. We'll be home by night time, and the boys would have the morning at home and play at night time. So yeah, I'm really mixed about it actually, but. 
It could work. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan. You're I'm a fan? fan. Yeah. Wow, so- yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to do it. Imagine being at home, being able to watch it. You know, yeah. if you've got your Christmas Day on, you just have your big, you know, lamb... Uh, sorry, ham sandwich at lunch, and then you you know <laughs> lamb. You can have lamb. You don't have to chat to your third Lean. cousin. You just put the cricket on and sit back and you know as a spectator. I don't have an issue with it. I'm not deeply religious, so you know I I enjoy love the family time. Love to get to see my family because you know you see them a handful of times each year. But I've got no issues. I could go and see them in the morning exactly yeah. as Lauren said, and then still be able to play cricket and at night time still celebrate Christmas Day. Because my thing about it is that. The viewing, the cap, the captive market would be so huge that it would be a big boost for the sport. There's nothing else that day, so cricket could become a real institution on Christmas yeah, Day. Like trade it market, in, yeah, in a, yeah, cap, yeah, mm-hmm. and then that would in turn promote the wealth of the game. So next TV rights deal, you potentially have this huge asset. But I, it's interesting how a lot of players are not big fans of the idea because it sort of goes against tradition. Yeah, well, I mean, we play the whole two months and I don't know some I know some of the girls don't find it essential that we play on that one day where we can be at home where mm. it's a really jam-packed season but yeah I'm not against it Good. I don't think yeah all right so I saw Michael Vaughan tweeted and this is what he wrote so we now have player of the match in cricket rather than man of the match even when 22 men are playing the world is officially going bloody nuts doesn't Michael Vaughan, and hello, Michael, welcome to Fox Sports, um, doesn't he come across as a bit of a dinosaur here? Isn't player of the match the, the right term? Yeah, I don't see why it isn't the right term. I think it spreads across both formats for both male and female. So I think um, it sits well. They're a player and they've played well and they've got player of the match. I don't see why it's a problem and um, why it was an issue it wasn't man of the match. So. Yeah, and then um, Nigel Farage, in, who is uh, the leader of the, the most right-wing political party in England, endorsed his comment. I mean, Steve, I mean, doesn't this seem like now we've made so many leaps forward? This just seems like the simple terms like that. Yeah, what's the issue? If there's no issue with call, if he doesn't think, you know, there's a big turn from going man to player, then why does it bother him so much? I mean, the, the, the irony is in his own statement that mm. he's the only one making a big deal out of this. Yeah. I don't care if I'm called man of the match or player of the match. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. And if it just, it, I think it sits more suitably across both, both sports to say player of the match. You know, at times when the women's cricket first started, you, you'd say man of the match. You'd just get used yeah. to saying it. Yeah. Whereas if you just say get used to saying player, it, it just sits across. It's easy. It's not a big deal. We know they're all men out there and we know they're all females out there. Well, there is no exactly. issue with this. Just call it player of the they're match and players. get on with it. Just, yeah. yeah, and I had, to, I had to, the, the term Chinaman actually a couple of years ago made me reconsider the way I think about terms. So Chinaman used, well, it's still used by some people for left arm leg like spinners. Spin. And I, I'd grown up using that. And, uh, you know, I think, think of all the Michael Bevan and, and it was just a, an expression that I never really thought about it but when someone made me think how that would come across to people from other cultures or other ethnicities then I thought actually we should be able to change this term just because we've done it for so long doesn't mean you can't change yeah again I think it's the same thing I think if there's room for a, if we if you're offending someone in that context and it's easy to change it just to left arm leggy well, I mean why is that so hard to change a frame of speech yeah. what just because it's been around for 200 years we use it like but it, it, it shouldn't be that big a deal yeah. you know I'm not an extreme righty uh, and you know I'm not an extreme lefty either I'm not going to come out and preach that we should change our language and our rhetoric a, a loads but if I'm offending someone unintentionally by using those frame of words or context or whatever then left arm how hard is it for me just to change that 
Exactly why right. Talking, and yeah. I think that attitude's important in everything, but especially cricket. As the game grows, you yeah. want to be inclusive. All right, so am I crazy for thinking Steve Smith should be playing for the Sixers next summer? He, he's playing in the CPL now. He's um, been playing in Canada. What do you two think about his ban from domestic cricket? Sock. <laughs> I want to hear your. I, 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 I listen. You know, I talk little... to myself all the time. And <laughs> you used to live with Steve Smith, didn't you? I did. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I've got an opinion on it, but I'm interested to hear yours, Lauren. What, what do you? What What do you think? Well, I don't know. I, uh, he's been playing how much T20 cricket lately, and um, I I personally wouldn't have an issue with him coming and playing in the Big Bash. It'll grow the game. I know we'll have heaps of people that would want to see Steve Smith play for the Sixers and. I don't think it'll draw anyone away from the game. It's only going to build the game up, so I wouldn't have a problem with it. Great. Yeah, I, I see as Mr. Tricky, without a doubt. And I, I think the, the punishment that's handed down, this is my own opinion, and, yeah, I know Steve, but I, I think the punishment was far too harsh. I think they've done the wrong thing, but why not be able to bring them back and play in this domestic competition? They've come out and said 12 months. You know, the, the ICC banning of this particular incident would have been one game they're going to be playing t20 cricket could be playing somewhere in a competition in dubai yeah that's right but you know ca can't come back on this they can't say no and then say no again and then backflip because they're going to look silly i think they can and this is my thoughts that now that they have this t20 league that wasn't around when they uh, in dubai around the same time as the big bash now that this has got up and running that wasn't there when they handed out the bands they could just say look would rather Smith and Warner be playing in our comp than someone else's comp. And I think for all the kids and the families that go to the Big Bash, it's a great way for them to give back. And, and I don't know how they were so blind to that in the beginning. because Yeah, I feel just, like they missed it. They, yeah, I don't oh. think they were thinking 12 months ahead when they gave that down because I really think they, they should be playing in this Big Bash. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's all, that Steve Smith's going to go back and play for Sutherland and do great things, and I've seen the messages and tweets about it. And that's going to be a great thing for club cricket. But imagine having those... When are you ever going to get these two guys to play in a domestic competition or have the opportunity to come back, play in a domestic tournament yeah. just because of some fudgy rule guideline they can't play in Australian-sanctioned thing? You get these guys for 14 matches now, and I know they would love to come back and play and rebuild their image. And what a great way to start it and mm. do it. Instead, there's just no nah, black lined through you can't play. I mean, what a, what a waste of two of the best players in the country. And we're going to sit and wait until they can play in 12 months. So, yeah, they have missed a trick. They want to really grow the game and they're conscious of doing that. Then give these guys another chance, that, which they're doing by, you know, giving them the ban but allowing them to come back. But, like, why wouldn't you allow them to play in this? It just seemed, for mind, as I said, the punishment's sort of far too harsh. Yes, they've done the wrong thing, but it's ridiculous that they, they, sh- they can't be playing in this competition. Well said. Now, we're coming to the end of our little group discussion. Just one thing I wanted to ask. How, how is the um, relationship between the, the WBBL and the BBL Sixers clubs? You know, is it feeling more and more like a club? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was only my first year last year, and um, we had the Country Blitz just recently, and we had a, a warm-up game or that the boys had a warm-up game after one of our games in Wollongong, um, and they all came early and they watched our game, and um, we stick around and watch their game at the SCG, and I think it's a really good club environment you want to be a part of, and both teams are very supportive of each other, and, yeah, it's a really great environment to be in. Great. And what, what's it been from your point of view since the WBBL club started? 
I've, I've loved watching. I remember going down and watch guards' innings at North Sydney. Hundred off that, and that was Last one. Last year, that was one of the best hundreds in T Twenty cricket I've ever seen. Kill me. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> was amazing. So hard. Yeah. yeah well, if you had that rule, you could have grabbed it and I'd kept it. Wouldn't have. I'd have let it go. It was so <laughs> and then run after it, yeah. taking it off a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know, that was one of the best short innings I'd ever seen live. The thing that I've noticed since New South Wales cricket, in particular, brought in full time contracts is the level of fitness amongst the, the female players. And not only the level of fitness, the level of skill is equally matched, if not better in some cases. You know, you've got players like Lauren who can swing the ball beautifully up front. Alyssa Healy's you know, one of the best glovesmen, sorry, gloves gloves people in the in the country. Gloves, gloves, person, gloves yeah. person, you know, exactly. You know, you're, you're trying to think about this sort of stuff. No, it's good. Yeah. Um, and striker, big yeah, striker. Big striker. And so 200 lately. Their talent just by purely getting the same opportunity to train day in, day out, like they are getting far more skillful. The only thing that, that the difference is just a bit of power, you know, yeah. which we fundamentally have, which is different. But outside of that, the stroke play, the skills, the slower balls, the innovative cricket shots still blows my mind when you get an opportunity to play. And fortunately enough, we get to see it hand in hand because we get to train basically at the same venues at the same time. And now with a separate identity that the women's cricket will have, you'll be able to watch it and experience it a little bit more than what we had in the past. Amazing. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then I'll be back with uh, Stephen O'Keefe with a couple of quick questions. But just want to let you know that the Big Batch tickets go on sale October 4th and memberships for the Sydney Sixers are now on sale. So get have a look now at sydneysixers.com.au. Uh, junior match day tickets are just $5 this summer. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp Cricket Podcast. This is our Sydney Sixers special. I'm here with Lauren and Stephen O'Keefe. And Steve, I've got a couple of questions for you about how you how you're tracking personally yeah. and on the field. Well, I've, oh, geez, how long? I've, I've, I feel like I've talked so long here already. But, uh, you know, I think last year was a tough year personally. Obviously, I haven't helped myself in the past with cricket. And at 33, you're starting to maybe weigh up what you want to do with your life in general. But I've really, I must say, this preseason, I've really enjoyed getting around and hitting the ball again. I think I'm trying to re-envisage that passion I had when I was a youngster and enjoyed the game, much like your young daughter probably does. Mm. So I'm finding that passion and spark come back. So And the, and the cricket skills always going to be there and I'm working just as hard on it so I'm, I am genuinely excited about this season and you said before you went to Bangladesh last year that you know after stuffing up twice in 12 months you just wanted to kind of let your actions do the talking mm. have you been happy with the way you're, you're going yeah off the I, field I think it's a I think it's a work in progress. Like, you know, as I said, depends how long you want to chat for on it. But, I, you know, I've, I realise I've got a lot of things to work on. and um, But it's about accepting that as a person, that you're going to make mistakes. You're going you're gonna to stuff up. And I think the, the, the merciless thing about making mistakes is, you know, it, it is a merciless teacher. You know, you have to learn. Being a, in the public eye, as Lauren is, if you do make a mistake, you have to cop it. And that's just part and parcel of what you do. Um, it doesn't make it any easier, but I am trying to, you know, work on myself as a, as a player. I've been in the system for 13 years, and last year, and I was open with my teammates about this. I felt like for the first time ever in my cricket career that the game owed me something, and I was like, you know, I had to step back and realise and go, you know what, I owe this game everything. This is this has given me everything that I've had in my life, and it was a bit of a perspective and reality check. And as I said, that's what I'm working towards is to leave the game. And, and with my teammates and go, you know, I've had a good crack at this. I've enjoyed 
and, and have my teammates think positively of me would be the way that I'd want to end my career, regardless of where I end up playing. That's sort of a goal and mindset that I've got. And, you know, it's early on, but that's, it's been a good start. You know, the ability to lift yourself off the canvas is, is really hard, so... Particularly when you put yourself down there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but uh, like, so many people aren't willing to, to look at themselves in the mirror... Or, or they say all these things about change, but you know you've said you just want to let your actions do the talking. Mm, yeah. So I think that's very admirable. How are you going with the relationships around? Have you mended all the relationships? There's a few. There's a few fences to be mended, but yeah. Look, I, I one thing that I've always enjoyed, and you know, when I'm at the top of my game, I love getting around and chatting to everyone that works in the offices. You know, I. I understand the contribution that everyone makes right through from the lady that sits at the front desk um, who's we've changed over the last we've had about six in the last three months <laughs> haven't we yeah, <laughs> we've but, had yeah, a lot. yeah we've had a lot I've met them uh, all. yeah that's right so uh, to the to the people that work at development when we do the country blitz so I've never lost that idea that you know there is to make our team successful it starts at the front desk right through to the front office right through to the top offices so I think I do and there's been a big shift amongst the squad to get to know these people um, and I I have nothing against anyone in this whole place because we're all on the same path together all on the bus together trying to produce the same things good Australian players and good Blues teams and good Sixers teams and you know I want to be a part of that and I thoroughly enjoy getting to meet people that I work yeah. with. It seems like you've very much turned a corner. I just want to quickly touch on Rag- Rangana Harath, 40, just retired. You're 33. How long are you going to bowl for? Seven years. Well, we've got these. Yeah, seven, that's seven. Yeah, how long's he got? Yeah, he's, he's, he's about, oh, just about 700 more test wickets ahead of me. So how long will that take me to get? No, I, I, um, it's, it's different these days. Being a, a contracted player for New South Wales or in the Australian setup, you need to hit all these competencies now, which is like, Run of three, two k, two k time trial. So you know a lot of it now is 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 not necessarily how you may perform in the field, which is obviously I see it as your only currency. But a lot of it now is you've got to hit these benchmarks as well. So um, rightly or wrongly, you know I'm probably a bit old school on it. I still do these things, but I'm like, well, how long physically can you keep hitting these competencies? So I think. That will probably be the thing that will will set me down. I can't it? imagine Ragnar Harath running two k's. So no, but put a ball in his hand yeah, in he? Gaul, and he only needs to run five paces. That should be his fitness tests, shouldn't yeah. it? Roll, yeah, just roll the arm, <laughs> yeah. run five paces, and roll your arm over. Fitness tests, so good. Very no, no, fit. no end in sight. Just keep going. Ah, uh, look, yeah, I don't know. Good, but yeah. We'll see. Well, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been really great talking to you. Uh, I think the listeners would have really enjoyed it, and good luck. Thanks. The, the, the Menace. 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 Can I, I can't you do can the, call the, me the Menace. The Menace. Yeah, all right, you've got a new nickname. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No and um, thanks to all the listeners who are listening. You're up next, Lauren. Good luck. <laughs> oh, Lauren, isn't Stephen fun? Oh, very much so. Thanks, uh, thanks for the listeners for listening. Yeah, well, look, he's right. He's a natural podcast. <laughs> he's got a point. Born podcast. He just broke our door, day. but can do a podcast. That's it. So, Lauren couple of questions you've had a tough run of injuries you missed the 50 over world cup then you missed the ashes the first part of it how hard is it you know missing those big big events yeah well mentally it was quite challenging at the time um i was really disappointed and um i was 19 and i was still 19 but it felt like the end of the world because that was all i was doing at the time but sitting down and talking to you know our sports psych and all the people around us I got to take some time out of the game, which was actually quite nice when I got it. Um, and then I got to start again with my strength stuff. So I've now got a stable base, hopefully to build off for this season. But 
yeah, I'm not going to say it was easy. It was quite difficult. Um, and I also missed the first season with the Sixers, which I was really looking forward to. So, yeah, it was really tough, but I got through it and I'm here now. So hopefully it'll be a good run from now yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. And, and you, you're feeling good? I'm feeling really, really good. good. Yeah, everything's going really well. So, so you know, the Aussie, the Aussie World Cup T20 campaign for the, the women's team kicks off on November 9th. You know, yeah. Do you think you're a chance of making that squad? Obviously oh, look, I'd, I'd, love to be, I'd love to be there, but um, realistically, it's probably not realistic, actually. Um, but Just probably not enough game time with no, the injuries. Yeah, yeah, so I haven't really had that much time on feet, but hopefully they're still looking, hopefully, but we've still got um, the first round of WNCL in there before that's picked. So um, I don't think I'm completely out of it, but I won't be shocked if I'm not in it. So there's still a chance. I mean, that's one area, I think, the, the women's side, the fast bowling. So if you can get fit... Yeah, be able to yeah, get in there. Um, I read that your dad Giles played county cricket for Sussex and Surrey. Yep. has he been a big influence on your career? Massive. He um, is my number one fan, along with my mum, and um, he's the reason I started playing cricket along with my brother. So he's been with me every step of the way, and he doesn't see himself as a, a coach as much. He sees himself. Um, well, he says he's a chauffeur, but um, <laughs> no, nah, he's no, nah, he hasn't pushed me into anything, and he's been really supportive and would give his opinion when asked, which I really appreciate. It's not getting stuff down my throat when I come back from a game or training. So um, his support has meant the world to me, and it's why I keep playing. That's, a, that's amazing and that he's, you've said that he doesn't push too hard because yeah. I think the best coaches, and we're seeing it now, especially with T20 cricket, you want players' games to develop and yeah. be expansive and not be restricted. And Yeah, you gotta, you got to let um, – I remember doing a, a level one coaching course not too long ago and we're, we're now told to let kids just try whatever they think might work and if it doesn't, give them a suggestion but not force it down them, not tell them how to play a shot, not tell them how to bowl a ball, but, but let them kind of run wild for a bit and learn for themselves. And I think that's something that he actually does really well. He lets me kind of do whatever I think is going to work and if it doesn't, I can go to him for advice and he's always going to be there, which I really appreciate. When I did a level one coaching course, it wasn't like that. They were, <laughs> make him do it. Yeah, Make like the high defense. elbow. Yeah, high exactly. Elbow, yeah. So that's all changed. And I think that's really exciting, um, especially now that T20 is kind of ruling all kind of forms of cricket, um, that we see these exciting shots, these ramp shots, these sweep shots that um, little kids are now playing. Your dad's English. Did you ever think of playing for England? Was it ever in the back of your mind if, you know, you don't make the Aussie team? <laughs> oh, look, dad kind of threw it in there very early on, but I was born and raised here. So um, I've always wanted to play for Australia and I'm sure I always will want to play for Australia. Um, in saying that, I'd love to go over there and play some sort of cricket over there at some point in my career or the big county or the Kia Super League is also really cool over there. So, um, but no, I definitely want to play for Australia for as long as I can. Yeah, my wife's English and I always tell my two kids, if you're really good, you can play for Australia. And if you're good, you can play for England. <laughs> yeah. So that's their backup plan. <laughs> plan A and plan B. Yeah, my son hates cricket though, so <laughs> it's not going to happen. And I guess just uh, finishing up, what have you learnt from some of the senior members in the team, like Elise Perry and Elisa Healy? Obviously, they've got a lot of experience. What have you learnt from them and have they sort of taken you under their wing at times and given yeah. you a lot of tips? Yeah, for sure. I think um, Pace is probably the prime example of, of a professional athlete, especially um, in the cricket world. So, um, yeah, these, these girls train... Um, incredible hours and, and do all the hard work behind the scenes and that's something that I've um, kind of tried to take into my game and you see Pez hitting outside of sessions um, every second day and it obviously shows she's the number one all-rounder in the world so yeah it's doing those extra one percenters that not everyone sees up front and look I'm trying to do it as much as I can. What are your one percenters? So at the moment I'm trying to hit with Elise after some sessions, which is which is pretty cool. And outside of that, 
probably all my running and gym sessions away from here. I'm still living in Bow, which is a good two-hour trek up here. So, oh, yeah. um, so the days I'm not Home coming birth in, birthplace of Don Bradman. Yeah. So the days I'm not coming in, um, you got to find that self motivation to do them. And look, I'm not going to lie. Some days it's really hard, but there's those one little one percenters that people don't see that really count. Well, it's an incredible change from when, say, I guess Elise Perry was 19 and playing cricket, and, and now you, you've got all these opportunities, and it seems like you're grabbing them with both hands. So I guess. Good luck for the next summer, and I hope uh, you make that Aussie team to uh, for the T20 World Cup in the West Indies. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And Thanks, thank Mom. you to the listeners for listening. Oh, <laughs> listeners, how good are the Sixers <laughs> with the podcast? Natural. The Thunder are very quiet during the show, but the Sixers... <laughs> Really good. So, Lauren, thanks so much for coming in. Listeners, thanks so much for downloading Cricket Unfiltered this week. Just to be fair, I have tried to organise a Thunder podcast, but no response. So, uh, I'm not leaving them out. Uh, the, the WBBL first match, de- December 1st in Victoria. Then there's a double header at the SCG, Saturday, 22nd of December. WBBL first, then the Big Bash. So, it's all happening. Get your Sixers tickets and we'll be back with another show in two weeks. Thanks to the listeners for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Are you locking?